Hey, Wolfpack fans, welcome to Scott Woods' One Man Wolfpack. Uh, we have a special guest today. He went to two Sweet 16s. Uh, he's one of my good friends. Uh, he was one of the groomsmen in my wedding. I was in his wedding. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend the wedding because I was overseas. Um, but let me go ahead and get started with please like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends uh, about the podcast that we're doing. Um, and please enjoy. Holiday season may be winding down. The sports calendar is in full swing this week. From collegiate to professional sports, there's no shortage of action, and there will be no better place to get all of this action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? To celebrate this year's college football playoffs, DraftKings is giving new users the chance to bet on any semifinal team to win championship at 100 to 1 odds. That's right. All you have to do is bet $1 on any semifinal team to win the championship. And if your team wins, you cash $100. While we are excited for football, let's not forget 2021 basketball season just kicked off. So head to the app now to check out all of our DraftKings daily odds. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code FIELD68 or FIELD68 when you sign in to get 100 to 1 odds on any semifinal team to win. That's code FIELD68 for new players to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on a semifinal this week. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So let's get back to the podcast. Uh, Stotts Battle is my guest today, my good friend, as I mentioned. Welcome, Stotts. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. This is just like us FaceTiming each other, so <laughs> it, should be, it should be easy. So let's get started. What Stotts up to now? You know, what, what's he doing in, in, in the real world and, and what's going on? Yeah, um, so graduated in 2015 from NC State and then did a year in Ireland um, in a pretty cool program called Sport Changes Life, um, where I got to play basketball over there as well as coach um, kind of in the local community over there and then got to do some grad school as well. Um, and then came back um, to Raleigh in uh, 2016 and have been working for the company I'm working with now um, called Plexus Capital. Um, so it's a small private equity group in Raleigh. And uh, we basically lend money and buy ownership in small private companies um, and help them grow. Um, and got married uh, in September of 2019. And we got a little girl coming on the way in March um, of 2021. And it's uh, We'll have a lot more to talk about because it's one day. Uh, the due date is one day from your second. So uh, there you go. See, this we could have done a gender reveal on our show. We literally have one day apart between our kids are supposed to be born. So 
Stotts is going to have him a girl. I'm going to have me a boy. So we'll literally be calling each other. So hopefully we can time it up. <laughs> I told him we needed to find a way that we end up in the same hospital so we can at least hang out during the time. But uh, we'll, we're excited and ready for it. So this is your first. So are you are you ready? Uh, I'm getting there. I'm going to have to call you just like uh, I would call you for basketball tips. I'm going to have to call you on dad tips. But uh, yeah, okay. we're, we're ready. We're excited. I don't know if I would give you very good tips. I, I kind of got the bad habits. The things I said I wouldn't do, I ended up doing. So, but let's go, let's go into it. So a, a lot of people won't know that after you finished the state, you, you went to Ireland and, and ended up playing. Talk about your experience there and, and, you know, how much fun that is. And I know even when I see you today, you still mentioned about how much, you know, fun you had and how much you learned there. Kind of talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. Um, especially at NC State. Uh, as you know, I was like the, the 2020 player. So if we were up by 20, I would get in for the last 20 seconds. Um, and that was the only type playing time I would uh, would get. But uh, obviously over four years practicing, you know, against you guys, the scholarship guys, every single day in practice, felt like I had gotten a lot better um, and wanted to kind of see if I could do it um, one more year since I didn't really get that, that time on the court. Wanted, you know, loving to compete. Um, and a game is a lot different than in practice. Um, and a former NC State player, Brian Neiman, um, had done a similar program in Ireland. So I called him to kind of pick his brain on how he did it. Um, and then a former NC State coach, Coach Pete Strickland, um, used to play and coach over there, actually. Um, and so I called him to kind of pick his brain. And lo and behold, there's this uh, organization called Sport Changes Life, um, and it's a three-part program, um, and they bring over Americans to play in their professional league. Um, and then the other part is since they bring you over there to play, they want you to coach in the local community and run basketball camps to get kids engaged in the sport because, quote-unquote, sport changes life. And I truly believe that it does in a lot of different ways. Um, and so, you know, Americans over there with our – accent is a lot different than the Irish accent so immediately you you get the attention of these kids because you're talking differently um, than how they're used to hearing um, so getting to coach over there was an awesome experience as well and then um, the third leg of the school was did um, some postgraduate work over there um, at a local university so got to play got to coach um, and got to continue studying and yeah the basketball um, is a lot different I was um, the leading scorer on the team, which may surprise you, but uh, it don't surprise me. Uh, the each team was allowed one American. So, like when I went to go visit you in Spain, like each country over there has different rules on the amount of imports they can have on their team. Um, so each team allowed one American, and so I was, you know, tasked with bringing the ball to the court, shooting, posting up, um, doing it all. Which scout team? Um, at NC State helped me get ready for. So it was a great experience. And that was one of the fun parts. While you were over there, I was in Spain and it wasn't, I mean, I think you ended up having a direct flight. Cheap, super yeah, cheap. It was a cheap flight. He came over as what, three days, four days? Yeah, got to see, see one of your games. We watched it. He, he got to watch a game of mine and we just pretty much played Call of Duty and hung out with my dog. <laughs> it kicked it a little bit. So it was a, it was a good time. So you know, a lot of people don't really, you know, look at walk-ons as, as a pivotal part of, you know, the team, but they don't also see the practices and what all you guys have to do. And, you know, especially for the players, we have the respect for you guys because, you know, you guys do a lot of 
grunt work and things that are, you know, difficult and don't necessarily get the rewards for it. Kind of talk about your experience of a walk on and kind of even just what you did on a daily basis as a walk on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, being a walk on, it's, it's kind of like living a double life um, because your friends see you on the bench during game day and they think it's unbelievable and you're a superstar. Um, and, but what they don't see is the, in middle of June, you're waking up at 5 a.m. to do conditioning on the track and then doing two classes of summer school and then you're back in the weight room. And um, so, yeah, being a walk on, um, I mean, it was awesome, especially being from Raleigh and getting to do it at NC State. I um, was very blessed for that situation. Um, but it's, uh, it's fast paced, especially during the season, because you guys, the scholarship players, are learning the scouting report and how to guard the opposing team. And we're having to learn how to actually run the offense and having to do it full speed with you guys guarding us. Um, a lot of different plays called. We're having to learn an opposing team's offense, um, you know, over a two-hour period and then having to run it full speed with you guys getting all up in our grill. Um, so it was, a, uh, it was an awesome experience. Um, and has definitely, uh, you know, taken things from that, incorporated into the into the job I'm in now. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason we're best friends is because, you know, I mean, we did a lot of guarding each other during <laughs> the time, and and Stotts will admit it. They basically tell them to just lay on them on defense and and basically foul as much as you can and frustrate them as much as you can. Every offensive rebound, they're going full speed. I remember one time. He said, if you guys didn't go for offense rebound, you had to run on the treadmill. Yeah. So it's just like, I feel like all he's doing is just beating the living crap out of me. And I, there are times I just wanted to punch him in the face. So I, I guess that's why we became best friends because <laughs> we just got to beat each other up in practice every day. Right. So. My, my two years, my freshman, sophomore year, you were junior, senior. So I guarded you every single day for two years. And then my junior, senior year, I was tasked with guarding Ralston, who was the other shooter for junior and senior year. So I was stuck on the shooters and just chasing you guys around. And Coach Moxley, like, he would get in my face all the time if you got – if I didn't pull your jersey. He's like, you seen what Scott's doing during the game? You think UNC ain't going to pull his jersey? You think you think Pittsburgh's not going to pull his jersey? Um, so that actually uh, messed me up when I went to Ireland because um, I would get in foul trouble because for four years I never played with a referee. So I was used to like, that's just how I played defense for four years. And then going over there, I'll get in foul trouble early. So uh, it, it, was, it was funny. I think that, that's partially not because of how you played it. That's partially because you're American. Hey, every American that goes overseas, they, they, all, they all get it. So let's kind of move on. Uh, let's talk about who was the hardest player to guard during your time there. Uh, I want to say everyone. Um, <laughs> Listen, I will, I'll even be okay if you don't say me. You'll make me feel better if you, if you don't got to say me so we can get somebody else. I, I know who my, my least favorite person to guard was, but it was the same for you. Uh, you. You were probably my least favorite, just you and Rawson, just because y'all were so good at reading the defense um, and using screens. So, if I was positioned the wrong way, you absolutely took advantage of it. And it, and you could get a shot off in 0.5 seconds. So I got exposed a lot that way. And then if I would look the other way for one second, y'all could read that and, 
you know, get open and, and hit a shot. And your trigger was so quick. It was, it was brutal. Um, but I mean, TJ, especially his sophomore year, um, when he had his ACC run um, and talking about the, the walk-on theme again, like, you know, he scores 35 or whatever it was against UNC in that Marcus Page battle. Um, and then we're having to guard him and coaches yelling at us because we're not stopping him. And I'm like, UNC's top 10 team in the nation and they couldn't stop him. Like, how, how am I as a walk-on going to stop him? So that, that was, that was frustrating, frustrating as well. But, um, I mean, CJ Leslie, Lorenzo Brown, um, Richard Howell was so physical. Um, if, I mean, as a walk-on, you have to guard all the positions. I mean, everyone was, everyone was tough. Yeah. I think the correct answer, no offense to any of my former teammates is TJ. TJ's just, he can score in so many different ways and he can score in flurries. So even when I had to guard him and pick up, it's just, he's a handful. So let's talk about, um, we won't throw too many names under the bus on this trip, but we had a, we had a, a fun Spain trip as a team, which teams nowadays, I think it's once every four years, you get to make a trip overseas to play. You know, we played literally professionals overseas. Kind of talk about one, how much fun we had. <laughs> uh, and, and two, kind of that experience. Yeah, that was that was an awesome team bonding experience, if you will. Um, we we were over there for like 10 days and we had a game every other day. We had five games um, and it was unique because we only had we only traveled with eight or nine guys. Um, and so in the games, um, I actually got to play a little bit, which was um, which was fun and get to actually play with you guys as opposed to against you guys. Um, but yeah, the, the coach Godfrey was awesome. He set up, you know, a lot of sightseeing, um, and did a lot of, um, you know, team dinners, um, hanging out of the pool. Like we, it was a good team bonding trip. Um, that's all you're going to touch on. What do you want me to touch on? <laughs> okay. So I'll touch on it a little bit. So we, so like you said, we played, we will play, uh, like it'd be one game and then it kind of be like off day. And I don't even remember. I remember the first day having a practice. Mm-hmm. After that, I don't really remember I practice. I remember we'd watch maybe some film or something like that. So the when we went to uh, Grand Canaria, uh, they, they it's it's literally these little islands um, off Spain. It's actually probably closer to, to Africa, but um, we would go there and there was a beautiful ocean. I mean, we had an infinity pool. I mean, it was top of the line, nice stuff. And then right next door was a casino. <laughs> and and that, all you got to be is 18 to get in the door. And all I remember is if you look to the right and the left, it would be us in that casino. And I remember one of our last days, That's it was Oklahoma State. Was it Oklahoma State? That was Puerto Rico, man. Oh, man. that, that might have been Puerto Rico. OK, because I remember looking to the right and left and all of a sudden there were other Americans there and they were telling me that they played college there. But we had this casino in Spain. And I mean, the whole team was down there playing backjack. And then we would go to the roulette table and it would be what is it? Wolfpack Red and Wolfpack Black the whole night. Yeah. We would take I mean, what we have three dollars in our pocket. We we put three dollars on it and you think it was a hundred dollar hand. But Wolfpack Black, everybody's jumping up and down trying to win on this dang table. It was one of the funnest things I'd ever done because, I mean, we've never experienced anything like that because you got to be 21 in the States. Even if you've been right. in Vegas, you don't get a play. So we're over there acting like we're big-time stuff in this casino. And I mean, all these grown people are looking at us like, these kids over here just 
acting a fool. So that's what that's probably my biggest memory is going to those casinos after games. And we would just, I mean, we'd be out there till, I mean, midnight, one o'clock, just playing them dang games, having fun. So, and it, no, yeah, no one in, there's no a one in the casino. Storm. There's a sandstorm. So we've ended up missing, I think, one or two games. Or so we just, I mean, we'll just go to the casino. There's no games. Yeah, the, the casino staff didn't speak English. So we were sitting there yelling like Wolfpack and stuff like that, Wolfpack Red, like they had no idea what we were saying. I, I do remember that. That was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. But that was, uh, that was, a, that was definitely a good memory for me. So let's, let's move on to uh, you in high school. You were somewhat of a stud in high school. Your senior year, you led the team in scoring and rebounding, correct? Uh, yes. I wasn't like a bucket getter, but yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. I heard you could get a bucket. And what a lot of people don't know about you, you are all state in tennis. Yeah. Why didn't you play tennis? Uh, so I love the team aspect of uh, basketball more. Um, and the, I mean, basketball is my first love. Tennis, I love the competition because it was, it was really one-on-one. -on -one. Like it, it was, it was true competitions, you, you against your opponent. Um, but in, in basketball, just the team aspect and the fans and the cheering. And then um, I liked working on my basketball game more than I liked working on my tennis game. And so in college, to make the sacrifices to play uh, or to be a student athlete, I mean, there's, there's a lot of sacrifices you make to make that commitment. Um, and so I loved working on my game and watching basketball where I didn't really love uh, playing tennis or watching tennis. That's, that's understandable. I can understand that. So you being a good tennis player, you, you popped into my mind about, okay, you could probably beat Coach Keats and, and ping pong. That was, you're the first person that came into my mind, and I messaged you saying, hey, let's bring up you in a match against Coach Keats because I'm like, let's, let's put him back in his place, you know, and, and set him straight so he doesn't feel like he's, you know, the king of the table, and you told me you lost to him. Yeah, I had to put my tail between my legs on that one. Um... Yeah, he was, uh, so his first year, Lenard uh, was on the team with him, and Lenard was one of my former teammates, um, so we had kind of an overlap there, and there's not a lot of things I'll brag about. One of them is ping pong. Um, like, I will I will dust anybody in ping pong. Um, I got caught up in the moment with Keats. Um, Lenard had been hyping this up for about six months, and Keats was like, We'll settle this debate after after the season. Um, so after his first season, um, Lenard finally got it scheduled, and I went over to play Coach Keats in Dale. Um, and I wasn't really sure what I was walking into. Um, and I pull up into the back door by Dale, and Lenard and BJ are sitting there waiting. And as soon as I pull up, he opens – they open the door to Dale and they, he's here, he's here. And all of a sudden nine guys walk out, coach Keats walks out and I get out of my car. I'd never seen coach or I never met coach Keats. He had never seen me before. And I'm in my work clothes with a, a comb over and a, my shirt tucked in and a college shirt. And he's like, Oh, this guy, man, I'm a dust him. And he was like, I bet he doesn't even have his own paddle. Like only real players have their own paddle. And I pop the trunk to my Honda Accord and go out there and get my paddle. And the whole, all nine guys just lost it. Like, oh, let's go. 
And so we get in there and the ping pong room, it's not that big and there's nine of us. It looked like a, a scene from Rucker Park from like the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> just everyone yelling, hanging off bleachers. But um, he, I mean, Coach Keats, as you can probably tell from his press conferences, he's very competitive. Um, yeah. uh, it got real serious well, real quick. Um, and he was, he was talking some trash, getting in my head. And I had Lenard and BJ as my hype guys. Um, and then everyone else was cheering against me. And we went um, two out of three games. And he got me in the first one. Um, and BJ and Lenard quickly turned, had no confidence in me, stopped cheering for me. Um, and I got Coach Keats in the second one. Um, and then we went um, to game three and it went probably like 29, 27. We were playing to 21, one by two, and we had to go extra innings. Um, so I'm, I'm ready for my rematch. I've been trying to get a rematch and he keeps saying I have to beat someone of his caliber before I can play him again. But then I'm asking who is his caliber and he says no one. So I don't know how I can – I can get a rematch with him, but hopefully he listens to this and maybe we can put some public pressure on. There you go. So, I mean, we can, we'll find a way to tag him in this later on and we'll, we'll let him know you're ready. You've been, you know, I don't know what kind of workout you do for table tennis, maybe some biceps and some finger workouts, uh, but you're ready to bring him back on. Cause immediately when I talked to him uh, on my episode, I, I brought up table tennis and in the back of my mind, it's like, I got a guy from him. I know somebody, and, and to hear you say you lost, though, it get – Get a rematch in there. Get a rematch. I won't let you down, Scott. All right. And then I don't even want to change subject. I'm looking at your number 15 guy back there. Mm -hmm. Where did you get the Jordan. mannequin from? <laughs> so that, that's a, a life-size mannequin of Michael Jordan um, that I got uh, from my cousin when I was in, like – Oh. And See, I, it, and if I look close enough, it actually starts to look like him. Um, but then it looks like you got the the cameras placed where your cord comes down from your fan, and it looks like he has a pacifier in his mouth. Yeah, well, so I work with a bunch of UNC guys. We have like 30 people and maybe 20 went to UNC. Um, so when we beat them in basketball this year, um, I'm obviously working from home because of COVID. So I did a little troll and put Michael Jordan, who's a UNC grad, uh, with the NC State jersey on the back. Um, so I had a little troll session there. Well, Michael Jordan looks good in NC State Red. I will say that. Even that number 15, I mean, it, uh, it'd be a lot different if he wore 15. Um, <laughs> maybe I would have went to 23. I don't know if I want to share with, with such greatness, but uh, he looks good in the number 15 jersey. I will say that. So um, one of the first times I met you, we made a bet. And I hope I – don't, I don't know if the NCAA can – we can get in trouble for this because we didn't ever exchange anything. So right. well, I don't think technically we can get in trouble looking back on it. I mean, maybe for the actual bet we could have, but we never exchanged anything. We, we kind of made a bet at the Dale center. Are you going, are you going to um, ever pay me for that? Or is that something? I don't know what you're talking about. We can move on to the next, next segment. I don't know what the next segment is, but we can move on. No, you got to tell everybody, this is one of my, this is one of, this, this will boost my ego a little bit because this is one of my, my all-time great stories that I have coming into the Dale Center and you, you being on the bottom level. Uh, so we, well, I'm in Dale. It's like my first or second time and Dale has a bleachers that, um, or a second story, like, like 
a crow's yeah. nest, like a little crow's nest. Yeah, over um, the basket on one of the ends on the basketball goal. Um, and I'm in there shooting around and you're like, hey, throw one up here. And I throw one up to you and you shoot it, you miss it. Hey, get the rebound. I'm a freshman walk on. I got I have no, I have no idea what I'm doing. I go chase the chase the ball, get it again for you. And you're like, uh, miss it again. And long story short, we go like 10 times and you're 0 for 10. And what I didn't realize is you were completely hustling me. And uh you were like, uh, let's make a bet on it. Um, that I'll hit two out of three. And I'm like, okay, five dollars. You're like, nah, that's nothing. And I'm I'm trying to work out. I'm ready to work out. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. I bet my car because I'm just trying to get you to kind of go out of the way so I can continue working out. Um, Mom's Tahoe. I'm I'm a sucker for the the Chevrolet Tahoe. So I I was I, when I saw that I knew it was you too. So yeah, so it was my mom's Tahoe, and you said two out of three, and I was like, this dude's been like oh for fifteen. No chance he makes two, and you drain a or you miss the first one. And so I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then you Drano the next two and you come downstairs and you're running around the gym. I mean, it was brutal. I was shook. So, I'm still shook right now. I can't believe day, I made two in a row. Just to let the NCAA know, to this day, I have not re received any pink slips. So don't even try to investigate us. We're good. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's move on. You're part of two, not one, but two Sweet 16 teams. Talk Kind of talk about you know, you had an experience with me, and then was it fall? It was my senior year. Senior year, senior year. You had another experience. Kind of talk about you know those two teams and those experiences. Um, yeah, that's a good question. So the, both of them were were very different. Um, because one, it was my freshman year, didn't really know what to expect, but also we hadn't really been to the NCAA tournament. I think it was like the five previous years. Um. And so one thing I learned freshman year was that the NCAA show, the selection show is legit, like actually how we find out. Like I didn't really fully understand that the selection show is like how the teams actually find out. Um, and so we, we didn't, I mean, we had a pretty good season. We fell towards kind of towards the end. We lost like four in a row and we had to win like our next two um, and so we won our last two games of the season and then we, uh, did pretty well in the ACC tournament. Um, we ended up losing to UNC on the Kendall Marshall asterisk charge block. Well, now it is. It's a charge. Yeah. Um, and that was our third time playing them. And I felt like we were going to have them that time. So I was thinking like, we need this win to get into the NCAA tournament. And this was our third time playing them. Each time we played them, we got closer and closer the game was neck and neck. And then that charge call happened. Uh, and someone sent that last week. Um, and if you go back and look at it, there's actually a little clip at the very end. Um, and I'm like cussing at the ref. Um, I didn't realize that it was that blatant on TV. If you go <laughs> and watch it, uh, there's a, there's a zoom in of me yelling at the ref, but, um, so long story short, the team, I wasn't really sure if we we're going to get in. So being able to get in, we were the last team called, um, was unbelievable. And then we went, we played San Diego State, um, which we weren't favored, but we won. Um, and then we went and played Georgetown. Um, and that was another upset. 
And then we played Kansas and we were neck and neck against Kansas as well. And if we had won, we were going to play UNC. And this was when Kendra Marshall was out. Um, so I was like, no way they beat us four times in a row. Um, so I was, I was thinking we were already going to make the final four because we were neck and neck against Kansas, going to beat Kansas and then go to beat UNC um, and then go to the final four. But uh, we ended up losing to Kansas kind of down, down the stretch. Um, and then the second one was my senior year. And so this one was different because we already knew we were going to get in. It was just, where are we going to go? Um, and we had already been to the NCAA tournament the three previous years. And I felt like, uh, you know, that sophomore year team um, kind of underachieved a little bit. And then my junior year, we were up in the second round against St. Louis. And we were up by like 12 with four minutes to go. And we ended up kind of blowing that lead a little bit um, and lost. So that was kind of a sour taste in my mouth as well. So senior year to go out um, and get to the Sweet 16 again was unbelievable. And our first game, we played LSU and we were down um, with like five seconds left. And BJ Anya hit a hook shot to send us to the next round. So like the March Madness was extremely real. If we had missed that shot, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the, the second sweet 16. I would, that would have left a sour taste in my mouth as well. Um, and then uh, we ended up in the sweet 16 and we played Louisville who we had actually beaten earlier in the year. Um, so there, I, I sound kind of negative right here, but even though they were two sweet 16s, um, I felt like we could have actually achieved more, um, but they were, they were nonetheless um, awesome experiences. Uh, you sound like a typical NC State fan there. We could have had more, but I'm I, confident, man. I agree. I'm right there with you, dude. We had, especially your first two two years with me, we had some good teams that we did. I mean, the, my, our first one probably overachieved, but then our second one probably underachieved a little bit. But uh, overall, it was a great experience. I remember to add on to your first one. So we had lost to UNC. I mean, we're all mad. So we hop on. That was in it. Was that in Atlanta? Yeah. So we hop on the flight uh, after the game, and uh, all of a sudden, Coach Godfrey starts walking up to me, and I'm like, he never, after a game, usually comes up to me and sits down in the seat next to me, and he's like, hey, Scott, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to let you and CJ decide what we're going to do here, and CJ Williams. And he said, um, they want, CBS wants to put us on national television for <laughs> the selection show. And he said, and so first thought, I'm like, okay like who cares and then he's like but I just want to let you know there's no guarantee we get in and if you don't get in they're gonna see like you <laughs> after you don't get in and so I'm like oh man that's a good point but then I started thinking about it I'm like you know what let's just go for it like I, I feel confident in our body of work coach was sitting there he's like I, I'm confident in our body of work I think if I had to guess I think we're gonna get in and I'm kind of to this day I'm glad we did it because I mean that was a that night, us just sitting in that in that building was just like, are we gonna get in? And then I mean, I could just remember the last pick. Everybody's like, dude, there's no way they're gonna leave us out. And it's just like everybody jumped up, like finally, finally. But it was it was definitely a scary moment, that's for sure. So, I mean, it was dramatic. Like that was the longest hour of like my entire life we waiting to hear our name if we were going to be called or not we we're the very oh, yeah. last name called i don't even sweat and i had to take a shower afterward <laughs> i mean i was i was like dude 
Like, this is all I want to do is go to the tournament. I mean, that's all Co Coach preaches is the greatest show on earth. I mean, that's all he talks about. So it's, it's just like to this moment, I was like, ooh, I'm glad we got in. So let's talk, let's talk food. I'm a big, I'm a big food guy, and I've asked, you know, a lot of questions. I think I asked Coach Keys, I asked Chris Corciani, I forgot to ask CJ Williams when I had him on. Your go-to, go-to on campus place to eat. I knew you were gonna ask that. And because you're you're leaving people out if you if you only pick one. Um, I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, I can't, I trust me, I, everybody knows my love for Amedios, El Cerro. Um, Clues, Clues just emerged into my life when Corgiani got me in it. And I didn't get that experience when I was in college and now I'm getting that full experience. So there's just a lot of places that you might forget about, but you can only pick one. Um, so I'm gonna take a different path. Um, the place that got the most money from me was the Chick-fil-A um, in the atrium. Uh, I went there twice a day because I was in the business school and it's kind of over close to there. So I'm going I'm to cop out and say Chick-fil-A for breakfast and lunch every day. That's reasonable. See, I didn't, I didn't get my Chick-fil-A kick until after I left school. So yeah. the place that got all my money, and I don't even think it's there, was, that, um, was the Taco Bell um, yeah on campus was I mean I just swiped my card left and right too that, that's probably my on-campus go-to so um now when you were in school were you were you a library guy or did you do your studying in the in the room um well my freshman year we were uh study hall roommates mm -hmm. um and so I had to spend two hours every night stuck in a room with you doing homework um great times and then uh, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, um, I was an in-the-room guy. Um, just, I was so tired from practice, chasing you guys around. I didn't want to walk to the library or, or do any of that stuff. So I would just do it in my room. And just to be clear, we actually did work in our study hall. We did. We actually, we actually had a tutor with us, and we were actually doing work. That does happen. So uh, let's and go. If anyone, if anyone is wondering why... Uh, my next three years, I wasn't in study hall, um, cough, cough at Scott. There was a GPA uh, requirement to get out of study hall. And uh, I guess you, you didn't meet that requirement, Wood. I did not meet that requirement, no. I did not. <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm okay, because I know, I know how they are. And even if I would have met their requirement, I guarantee they still would have made me go for an hour. <laughs> so it, it didn't matter to me. Um, but I appreciate you coming on. You got any other hot topics you'd like to talk about? Um, have you have you watched many of the games? Uh, yeah, I've watched uh, two or three of the games. Obviously, watched right. the. Let's get a quick take on what you what you think so far in the season, and maybe a uh, we'll take an expectation on where you expect them to finish in the ACC. Um, I mean, finishing the ACC definitely top half. Um, I think we could do top five uh, if everything's clicking. I mean, the guys competing. Like, if you yeah. – the UNC game was kind of the – or at least from what I've seen, uh, we got hit in the mouth a couple of times, and they responded and really well and kept competing. Um, and that's always a good sign of good leadership and, and good, um, good character guys on the team. So I think that can take us really far. Um, and that's something you're going to get with Keats' teams is that they're always going to compete. Um, so I'm going to go top five in the ACC. I like that. I, I, I thought four was my number. I thought they could creep up to four. If they could get in that top four, they'll be really, really good. So, 
it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Hold on one second. I hear my daughter scratching at the door, so I'll show her. This is what you have to look forward to. <laughs> hey, Riley, come here. No, I'm not done. I'm just gonna put her on the screen real quick, so so Stotts can see what he's about ready to get into. Come here, buddy. Just woke up. Yeah. All right. Stuff on her face. That's all right. She's got stuff on her face, but it's okay. You say hi to Stotts. Huh? What's up, girly? Say hi. You say hi. What's up, Raleigh? Well, we'll we'll go on this note. So everybody, like and and subscribe and uh, congratulations, Stotts on having a, a girl coming up and, and we'll we'll talk to you guys later see ya go back Thanks for having me.